0: This is walter c Fedchuk, welcoming you to a very exciting and a very special edition of the spring 2017 european lcs guest alliance podcast the playoffs are here we have finally gotten through a 10 week regular season and have finally gotten to the point where the games actually matter eliminations will be happening teams will be vying for the european lcs crown that uh after week 10 might not be so firmly secure on the heads of a certain spanish owning ocelot so to speak and i have to i have to applaud you my co-host chase redshirt king wasner no one except the most diehard of rocket fans or the most insane of gamblers <laughs>
1: would have ever expected
0: Hat to beat G2, so congratulations, my friend.
1: Look, you know, I I knew it was going to happen. As soon as you presented the possibility that Rocket could somehow beat G2 and still not qualify for the playoffs, because as I've learned from my years of being a fan of nothing but terrible teams, that just had to happen. It had to be how this season wrapped up with me feeling great about everything that happened and having that joy just sucked out of me at the last second. But you know what? I'm not going to let that get to me. You know, I, I thought I was going to come into this and have that like, oh man, it sucks that the Ad isn't going to make the playoffs. And it does suck that Ad isn't going to make the playoffs. But you know what? They didn't play like a playoff team for the first half of the season. That's on them. They had some things to fix. I would have killed for a 6-7 and seven record when they were at 0-7, and, and people were arguing, like, are we sure they're better than Origin? Like, this is so much better than where they were back then. I- I'm going to take this every time. I'm going to sit back here as a At hardcore fan and realize that this is a process. And what Rockat showed, especially here, is look at how far they've come in this short period of time. Look at what they've built in half of a split. And, and what they have become. And remember that they get to do this again in a couple months when the summer split rolls around. I'm I'm happy for them. I'm proud of, of the work that they've put off and the way that that coaching staff and, and support staff really hung everything together, you know, kept everyone uh, on point, kept them feeling hopeful and promised, uh, you know, ha- ha- kept that Spirit up because it's very easy for teams to get down on themselves go look at the face camps after every origin loss if you want to see what it can become for teams that just lose and lose and lose and and rocket turned that culture around and i hope those growths stick around i'm, I'm very much optimistic for what they do next split but they've got to remember that just because they accomplished all these things here doesn't mean the process is over doesn't mean you can stop growing uh they're going to have to put some work in in the off season, but I'm excited for the future, and I did not think I was going to say that uh, a few weeks ago.
0: As, as a Rocket fan, a few weeks ago, that that would have seemed a little abstract.
1: But Chase, I uh, you know, I
0: I had a pretty good week. I was that degenerate gambler because I uh, at the beginning of the season, I I told you the story. My dark side came out and and sort of tried to curse you a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I I thought Rocket was going to make the playoffs, and they didn't, so I lose that bet. But the night before. I was sitting my computer, and I was logged on to Unicorn.com, and I was, I was just staring at it. And I was going, a real gambler would hedge on his bet here yes. and go, enough on the G2 that if they lose, that if Rocket loses and doesn't make the playoffs, I'll make back what I, what I put on uh, Rocket, which is 100 Unicorns. And I said, but I'm not a hedger. I'm not a hedger unless it's my team. So I put 300 unicorns across three different bets on Rocket. Uh Obviously we had the, the two uh, uh, plus two and a half maps that was one of our smart money bets. Yes. Uh, I did Rocket at plus uh, one and a half games, mm-hmm. which is basically three maps. It essentially force three maps or they get a 2-0 win. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I took Rocket to win and I made 1,170 Unicoins. And I'm happy about that, but I'm disappointed because my dark side, when I said, after they win, I'm going to go gamble on Fnatic. I'm going to watch your dreams be crushed. Go back and watch the end of the episode. I was kind of brutal. <laughs> my dark side must have been napping um, because I was asleep and I woke up and that series had already started. So I didn't get to gamble on Fnatic in that series. S-
1: so what you're so, saying is this is your fault? I'm sorry. Okay.
0: I- I'm sorry I didn't gamble on Fnatic because, um, yeah. I, I feel like that's sort of my fault
1: I, one I just want to be on the record that I don't forgive you if that's just let that be known it, it's that's not okay. Fine. We're gonna have to work past it as part of our you know co-host relationship. It's no, gonna take work, to but 50, you know huh? it's yeah. uh it's like well, this this hopefully this episode can be the start of a a, uh, a a healing process i I think that's the way we're gonna have to look at things now because uh. Yeah, not only did you did you hurt me with this, but you also hurt our, our listeners at home who could have benefited from all of this knowledge. All these smart money bets, you're raking in these unicorns. We've got to find some unicorns to help the people at listen, home, Walter.
0: Listen, listen, the, a magician never gives away all of his secrets.
1: It's an, literally our job.
0: It's literally the point the of this podcast. Here's the thing. If I give away every one of my secrets, then everyone will be an expert and they won't turn in. That's so now point. I look even better Oh. I'm like, See, I had a tip. I had an inkling in my head that none of y'all knew, so you got to come back next week to see if I give you a tip. It's like a pyramid scheme. you got to keep coming back and hoping that I'm going to give you that one little morsel that you need. Uh, And speaking of little morsels, Chase, uh, something else is going on this week. Um, We had planned on doing a a nice long preview podcast uh, for this, but then I looked at the schedule and realized that Europe sucks. Nothing they do makes any sense, and the European Challenger Series tournament is two weeks, and it starts on Thursday, um, which doesn't give us enough time to actually record a full podcast. So we're going to do a podcast for next week because none of the teams are going to get eliminated this week. It's just the first round, setting up matchups, whatever. Uh, so we'll do a preview of the next week's matches next week. But Chase, just real quick, let's kind of go over these opening round matchups uh, we start with Giants versus Fanatic Academy, which I think is very interesting that Giants chose Fanatic Academy.
1: I don't think it makes sense in the slightest. I mean, if we if you go by our logic that carried us through the North American Challenger Series, which if you guys listen to that podcast, we bit nailed that prediction almost entirely correctly, so felt great about that. Oh yeah. This is the the rule of all of these tournaments is that the best player on the Rift in a promotion series tends to win that's just you 99 know, of the time if you've got the best player the other team likely doesn't have an answer to that and you're able to kind of push forward from there now the best player in this tournament is kickus and to me i don't think it's particularly close i i think that he has been dominant uh on a challenger level i think he would be very good at the lcs level he certainly has been in the past so to say like you know Let's put Flaxus against that in the first round because what we really want is to be under pressure in the uh, elimination games just right off the bat and just force our entire team into that mental spot instead of playing against Misfits Academy, who, you know, not a bad team by any means and a team that I still think is better than Giants or at least has the potential to be better than Giants depending on how they adapt to some of the new meta changes. But Jisu is a much easier out for Flatches than than Kickus. This is... It, you've basically put yourself in a situation where Fnatic Academy's strengths perfectly hit your weaknesses, whereas at least with Misfits Academy, Pride, Stalker or Koscue, well, you've got Memento and Knight. That's a close series. That's an interesting back and forth. That's something that they could compete with, theoretically. This made no sense to me. It, it struck me uh, as a, a very curious decision. I, I'm Sure, they have some logic to it. I just can't imagine what it is. Feels like the wrong move to me, across the board.
0: A- absolutely, the the thought of Kickus and Amazing in a duel against Flaxish and Memento, despite the fact that I I I don't know why I still have this just feeling about Flaxish that that maybe. A year from now, I, I, it's always a year from now, Flaxish is going to impress us.
1: And, you and, and his parents are really holding down that fan club, and shout out to you three, you know? I'm, you I'm, know, I'm... <laughs> it, it is what it is. I'm still a
0: member of the Gilius fan club, too, after what happened in, in North America last week. Um, yeah, uh, that being said, good. like I said, I totally agree with you. It seems very weird that this is what the choice is. Um, and it really actually is kind of good for Misfits Academy, I think. Yes. that They're going to get a free win against Orion or they're going to give Nahoon his first series win as a professional player. So,
1: yeah, there's that. It's yeah. Like, it's like reverse Undertaker streak. If the goal here is as a fan is to say like, look, Giants Gaming and Origin were really bad. And they weren't, you know, bad like the North American teams that were in the relegation tournament were bad, you know, Team Liquid was frustrating and they couldn't put the pieces together the way that they should, but they had talent. They had an organization that, you know, had was very much supporting them and giving them tons of resources. They were just underachieving massively. That's a different kind of problem than say Giants who are just bad in the top and and bottom lanes uh, and have struggled to put together any sort of momentum. And, and Origin is so much worse than envious, You know, envious. at least, they had Lyra, who, in my opinion, as you saw in my NALCS uh, <laughs> Awards podcast uh-huh. last week, like, I thought that he was going to be, you know, I-, I thought he was the best jungler in the league, and I thought he was the best jungler on the Rift in the, in the tournament, and I think that was proven to be the case. Absolutely godlike on a lot of those plays. Um, there's no one on Origin, I feel, even remotely that way with. I think the best player on their roster right now is syncroth sounds like it can't possibly be right but <laughs> I think Nahoon's a little better Nahune had a really rough series last week that's, true. that's that true. I mean if, if what a way to go out against H2k just got completely annihilated but I mean that's it's great for for us because I think that as a fan you have to look at this and say teams like Giants and, and Orihan should not get you know an advantage in that regard. Is, you know, they're not, they haven't proven that they deserve to come back to the LCS. They don't have that same, like, oh yeah, I trust the org, I trust the management, I trust the structure that they've shown across multiple games. There's just not that there. They have fan bases, sure, but they're not the kinds of prestigious organizations that we're really looking for. So it's certainly going to be a very different dynamic, I think, as far as what fans are hoping for, though fans might. Not even know about it because Riot's done a terrible job advertising this. There's, you, know, you and I are hardcores. We didn't even realize it was happening until we went to record a day. Uh, spreading it out over two weeks is kind of ridiculous. Uh, the fact that we're going to have dual streams for the elimination and first qualifying match uh, makes no sense to me. I hated the fact that we had dual streams tw- two days in a row for the North American Challenger Series promotion tournaments that was ridiculous to me and and doing it again here does not make me feel any better and oh by the way we didn't even have the fanatic academy versus misfits academy finals because riot just chose not to have a finals because i i, I guess they just don't care it's europe everyone's a winner <sighs> wait no walter it's because they like ties they tied for first because Participation that's trophies
0: yeah pretty it's
1: much. I mean,
0: congratulations, you participated in the the summer playoffs, and you beat your first round of pronuts, so because we don't want hurt feelings between you two, here you go. You both get to, uh, you get to play against Giants and Orion. It's kind of, it's kind of funny to me that both of them are Spanish organizations.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just really refreshing that Riot isn't even pretending to care at this point about the challenger scene. At least now, like... We know. There's there's no secret story here where it's like, oh, well, I totally understand why they had to do these couple moves for the logistics of it. Like If you can't bother to have a finals for your Challenger series, you just didn't care. That's all that means. It's not that hard to have one best of five. You, you didn't care. So, who knows? Maybe Riot will finally allow someone else to... I ah, just just screwing with you we're, we're screwed with this but hey it's going to be some fun picks uh, who, do we want to do our predictions here Walter for the individual matches Oh, for,
0: for the individual first matches yeah. Uh,
1: yeah
0: I have Fnatic Academy over Giants and uh, Misfits over Oregon
1: I think both yeah. the challenger teams win I think it's a 3-1 for uh, Fnatic Academy over Giants and I'm going to say a 3-0 for Misfits Academy versus Origin I don't think Origin wants to play anymore That's my. I think they're going to crumble in game one, and it's just going to go downhill from there.
0: 3 2 to Giants, 3 1 to Misfits Academy. There you go. 3 2 to Fnatic Academy, and 3 1 to Misfits Academy. Yes. I think both LCS teams do get a win. I I do think the Giants Fnatic Academy game is going to be closer than Orient versus Misfits, though. Yes. Moving on to something Riot actually cares about because it's going to help decide the winner of the European LCS and who will be representing them at an even more convoluted tournament structure of MSI, which I keep looking at it and hoping that magically I'll understand it. And I don't. I I don't understand how it works. But we still got, like, four weeks until we have to worry about that. So we're going to start off here with Europe. Misfits versus Splice. Chase, mm, both teams kind of had a down week 10 of the european lcs um who do you think looked better in week 10 i guess is the real question here
1: well if you believe misfits owner uh, ben Spoon, as what he said on reddit misfits can't really be judged for looking bad because this was secretly the plan all along and i you know i'm not gonna give him a hard time because i understand that that's what the owner has to say, right, is the idea of like, look, I, we're not struggling because we don't understand the patch and that our pick and ban has gone succinctly worse. We're just not looking so strong because we're trying not to overplay our hand uh, and, and show people strategies that they would otherwise be able to then plan for. Um, I just don't believe you. Uh, Misfits has gone 1-4 in four in their last five series, and the only way this argument even remotely makes sense is if Misfits had nothing to play for going into Week 10, and that's categorically untrue. They still could have uh, affected their seeding, depending on how H2K went. Uh, if they beat well, Rocket the way that they should, and they beat... Fanatic the way that they should have. They would be the two seed. They'd be going up against uh you know, the two seed from Group A, but they would also be the three seed overall, which would mean they'd be playing Unicorns of Love in the semifinals instead of now, where the road has to go through G two, who they have looked very weak against. That's been their, their worst games by far. They beat Unicorns of Love. They haven't come close to beating G two. So well, I, I just I find fair, that to be
0: To be fair, everyone besides Rocket has looked weak against G two.
1: No, that's not necessarily a criticism towards Misfits as far as the matchup. I I think everyone's going to have to have a hard time against G2, but you would much rather dodge G2, right? If you played to this level that Misfits is trying to tell everybody, like, oh yeah, we're totally that good, we just didn't put on our A game because we had other things to do. Well, spoiler alert, uh, you should have put together your A game, because your A game could have had you up against Unicorns of Love instead of G2 in the second round, and circuit points actually do matter. That could come back to haunt them, and I I, I hope that it doesn't, because I like Misfits, but I I do feel like that was a, a mistake, if that really is the philosophy. So I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not sure whether I'd rather that be the case or not, because the other option, if it's not that they were just hiding all these things, is that Misfits doesn't seem to understand where the recent patches have taken the game. You know, you have Han Sama, who should have been a candidate for for rookie of the split. Obviously, Xerxes just took that award and ran away with it to the point where it was not a conversation anymore, to the extent that when I even try to bring up the conversation, people look at me like I'm a crazy person. But at the very least, he should have been the most impressive rookie on the team, right? I mean, this is a guy who who has such his pedigree to him, and they keep putting him on utility eighty carries. They don't seem to trust him to have this carry potential on a champion like Illusion, which we've seen guys like Doublelift just smash on in these patches. Uh, they, they don't seem to have the confidence to let him be that star guy, which is... Kind of a shame because Alfari's team fighting has fallen off recently. He's very good in lane. He actually has the best uh, stats of any top laner in the 10 minute laning phase. His goal difference is uh, 161 uh, on average at 10 minutes, which is almost twice as much as the next closest top laner. He deserves a lot of credit for that, but he falls off pretty hard if Misfits doesn't just snowball the game early on. And someone that could really do a great job mitigating that early, that mid game kind of trough that they've had problems with, well, that would be Han Sama. That's literally what he's there to do, and they don't seem to trust him to do it. So that's been frustrating for me. It, it's been frustrating that Kakao seems to be stuck in the same champion pool we saw back in 7.3. We're still seeing way too much Rengar for my liking from him. I, I just feel like they're not necessarily adapting in, in a lot of those ways. And, and from a pure macro level, you you can tell me all you want that you know we're we're hiding strategies. Okay, sure, but you got to where you were, which by the way was seven and one at one point. You're now eight and five, but you were seven and one, and you did so because you had one strategy that was really good: snowball the early game, dominate from there. That's what you did. You dove lanes, you rotated really quickly on them around the map, and you forced. Ta- Uh, teams to try to adjust to that speed and it's very hard to keep up with the tempo play that's why the unicorns of love are so good that's why misfits was able to beat the unicorns of love because they out-tempoed the king of tempo games in europe but now they're not doing that because teams have figured out how to adjust and, and play around those moves especially the early dive in the bot lane which has become so clearly telegraphed at this point that honestly, I'm just amazed there aren't like neon lights that start flashing but, about but, two minutes before no, But they've they started to move it to the top lane. Now you saw the unicorns; they moved their to- their bot lane into the top lane, and then they did the dive in the top lane. So, yeah, nuance. The, the, yeah, uh, I misfits. Nuance. I didn't, I didn't see a lot of that from from them, and I thought that their their series against Fnatic was really quite concerning. Game three looked like a team that just folded, and I do not like that. <laughs> as far as resilience goes. And I understand some people are going to say that, like, oh, you're a Rocket fan, you're just bitter because they needed to win that game three, and they didn't. Like I said, Rocket didn't play like a playoff team for the first half of the split. They didn't deserve to get the playoff spot. I don't like people who said that they do. And for the record, Fnatic looks significantly better. When we get to them, I have some positive things to say. I like the Fnatic's in the playoffs. You know what team I'm least excited about in the playoffs right now? Misfits. Because Misfits right now are on the worst streak of any of these playoff teams heading into this. And they aren't showing an ability to respond when they don't win the early game. And guess what? H2K's early game is really good. Unicorns of Love's early game is pretty good. G2's early game is really good. Funnily enough, and this might be what saves them, the other team that really struggles in the early game that they could actually exploit here is Splice. And that's going to create a very interesting matchup for them, and I, I'm very kind of curious to see whether Misfits are going to be able to do enough early to really break that down. So, so that's where I stand on them right now. It's just very much a, I, I, if, if this is all a long con, you fooled me. I'll put it that way.
0: This this would be the longest of long cons. Um, like just some of your just cherry picking some of your points. The Rengar on Cacao, I don't really have a problem with because there's four junglers that everyone pretty much is playing right now: Sin, Lees, Rengar, and Graves. I don't think that Graves really fits Cacao. I think he wants to be on these more you know control ganky you know CC that they have some sort of CC. And while Rengar's CC isn't as good as an Elise or Elise in, it's better than Graves. I think that's really what they rely on him for, is to be their primary engage, their primary pick tool. Um, again, the Han Sama point of utility carries, I get it, but I like—I get the trying to hide strats and trying to hide champions, but, like, guys, we know Han Sama's a great carry. Yeah. Like, I've called him the next coming and forgiven.
1: Yeah, we come saw on. the Challenger Series footage, by come the way. Come
0: on, come on, <laughs> come on, like, what? You're telling me he doesn't know how to pull illusion? Come on! Like, really? <laughs> um, I get it. Fine. Whatever. You can try and BS me with whatever you want. But the real issue to me is just Ben, it, it It seems like they realized we got our spot locked up. Neither Fnatic or Rocket are going to catch us. We don't care. We're fine. We're in the playoffs. That's all that matters to us. Is we were in the Challenger Series, and now we're in the playoffs. We started from the bottom, now we're here. Like, that's that's just what it is, and that's what everything in the last couple weeks has just looked like, especially you brought up the Fanatic series. Game one looked like, okay, we have to win a game to get all the Rockat fans' hopes up because Rockette, like exclusively scrimmed us this week. We've got to do it to make them feel like they're going to get it, and the last two games they totally sat down and were like, yeah, but we're in the playoffs. This doesn't matter. Like I totally can understand where that, oh, yeah, we didn't want to tilt our hand— but it didn't come across as we're hiding strats. It more came across as we just don't care.
1: We yeah. don't give them. Like,
0: that's what it came across
1: as. Let, let me be clear here, because I just want to just say this so that there is no mistaking, uh, you know, the difference between hiding a strat or just not doing your job properly. Whatever you want to say about Misfits' composition in Game 3, there is zero excuse for getting letting Caps be on rise Reckless to get Kennen, Jez's to get the Zyra, Broxa to get the Lee Sin, Fnatic got everything they wanted. And I really, really doubt that your diversion tactic is to say, eh, let's give enemy teams everything they want so that they think we'll screw up the draft next time around. That doesn't line up. And that's a problem that you cannot tell me is going to be fixed by some macro mistakes. They put themselves in an in a incredibly uncomfortable situation. And I don't necessarily trust them to do a better job of it here. Which, you know, they're going to have to do because Splice actually did look better than they did uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, I, I understand that their series against H2K certainly didn't make it look that way. Uh, because by that point, they'd already been locked into their spot. There was literally nothing they could do. So go ahead and and have your fun, uh, you know, sh- uh, Shaco games. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. I actually have more respect for H2K because they just said, nah, we're getting pl- practice time out of this. Smack. Good for you guys, H2K. I absolutely love it. But in the series, this place did take seriously. I, I thought the game one against Unicorns of Love was quite good from them. I think that we saw that Senkux can play uh, assassins like Talon very well. I think that's something that we saw a lot when they were Dignitas EU. Hadn't seen a lot so far this split, so it was nice to see that come to the forefront. I also really like Trashy playing things like Elise. His Elise is so good! And I know we all forgot this because Trashy wasn't able to play champions like that for so long this season but he's really good at things like Elise. Anything that gives him that hard CC where his ganking potential doesn't come from having to do all of the damage, but from setting up his solo laners, that's what he does best. Uh, and Wonder, of course, uh, you know, I thought his cannon was was solid. I, I don't necessarily know the build was ideal in every case, but I think that more mostly he did what you're going to want them to do, and that's really what Splice is banking on here. They're banking on, you know, if the mid-lane can get some roams in and, and get more influence around the map than Splice had in previous weeks, and if Wonder continues to be able to have some map pressure, and, you know, who knows, you know, now that lane bullies like Renekton are very much a thing, that seems like a natural outlet for Wonder as well. Trashy just gets to focus on being the hard CC bot he's always wanted to be, there are a lot of strategy things here that are going to come through for Splice. The The problem, of course, is that they, they have to have answers across the board, and the bot lane has not looked great uh, last week. That was, you know, they pretty much got absolutely dominated by Samick's, Uh, You know, they were behind and lane pretty much every time, and teams have kind of realized, well, if you keep Mickey from being able to roam, especially in the mid-game, if you can kind of lock him down and get a good sense of where he is, you can punish some of the positioning errors, you can force him into situations where he just can't get the plays off that he wants. And I, I think that that's something that certainly... Misfits should be able to understand and react to because they have Ignar, and the two of them are a lot more similar than a lot of people would like to think, uh, in terms of just how they like to roam, to make plays, to set up some of these strong rotations for the rest of their team. Splice does it because they want to set themselves up for the mid game. They like to set up vision around neutral objectives like dragon or Baron. They like to have those five on five team fights, and they like to play those as cleanly as possible because their synergy is quite good. They've played together this exact roster for almost a full year now, certainly two full splits, uh, and. Four of the five guys were there in the 2016 Spring Split as well. So they've got the synergy, they know how to bounce off of each other, they know how to communicate effectively in team fights and target the right people and really get the most out of those situations. So, I do feel like Splice is on the upswing, even if they didn't beat Unicorns of Love. I thought it was a fine series from them, and... While I'm disappointed they didn't take the opportunity against H2K, I think that that was passing up a chance to get some real, uh, real uh, you know experience on the big stage because it is totally different from playing in a scrim. Uh, That would have been, I think, valuable to them. I I I think there are reasons to believe that they might be able to pull off an upset here, and it would be an upset.
0: Is it really an upset? I don't view this as an upset. I view this as these these are two teams that that are are pretty even at this point. Yet, yeah, like yes, misfits did have a great seven and one run to start the season. They did look very strong. They took games off of you know unicorns. They took games off of H two K. Like they looked like a very very strong team. And then, like I said, it at, at some point they stopped caring. It really feels like they stopped caring about their place. And splice has 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 felt like. Splice has felt like they've been on autopilot too, but not in terms of a, like, we don't care about this game, but more of a very, like, even keel, it's a, it's a you know, a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. You know, we it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. Like, they went back and looked at, you know, spring last year, we didn't have a great start, we ended up playing in relegations, summer was the ultimate goal. Splice feels like a team that understands their ultimate goal is Worlds. Yes, it would be great to win Europe, but... Winning Europe in spring, yeah, I guess we get to go to MSI, but then that means that we have to, you know, there is all that extra practice time in MSI. I, it just brings some regional pride, and we're only playing against one team. Like, we might not even play against Korea. We might not even play against China. We could just be going to play against a bunch of wildcard teams. Like, it just feels like there isn't a very heavy emphasis on the spring split of being the you know the be all end all. And Marty's more than welcome to, you know, call me out and say, no, like we, we did, we wanted to win a title. But that just doesn't I just don't get the feeling off of the team. Like winning spring is really something that truly, truly is a you know, a core focus for them.
1: I mean to Quote, you know, back from when we interviewed Marty earlier this year, that was something he said about the 2016 Spring Split, is that they saw that it was a process. And the most important thing to them was that they were growing every week. And I think if you want to look at Splice and how they performed, it might not have necessarily translated to many more wins. Uh, Certainly they did slightly better in the second half than they did in the first half. But more importantly, they got better every week. They improved every single week. And, And it went from, you know, the first time they played unicorns of love where it didn't look like it was a close series at all the second time there were moments where i thought that they were going to be able to take that victory Uh, it was not like they were blown out in these games you know they even the games that they lost there were moments in which they made some very impressive plays so i I think that that's got to be something that splice hangs their hat on certainly if you're a believer in momentum you're looking at, you know, Misfits being on this huge downswing, Splice seems to be on an upwards trajectory. These are nice things. Uh, the counter-argument, and I understand this counter-argument, is that Misfits 2 0 Splice back in week 4 when they played, and that was not a close series. Misfits was Seven to-
0: weeks later. Yes, yeah, I
1: understand! And Trashy was on Kha'Zix at the time, which is terrible for him, and Wonder, for whatever reason, decided to play Scion, which, shout out to him, I'm a Scion main, but... No, um, it didn't work out very well. So, I mean, yeah, it's a very different age, but certainly Misfits showed that their strategy can work on Splice, and Splice is the one, to me, that has to prove that they've adjusted. That's the the thing for me, is you... you bet, t- if the tie goes to the runner, and in this case, the tie goes to the guy that won the last time these two teams played, and it's up to the other team to show that they know how to handle it. But... I don't know. I th- I think that Splice will. At-, at the end of the day, I, I think that this is a going to be a very close series. I see this going to five maps. Uh, I know that uh, it's very hard for a series to go the full five. Uh, it-, it doesn't happen nearly as often as one might expect. But I think this one does, and I think that it's going to be, you know, very much up to you know which team manages to get those little mind game advantages, which team finds the, the holes in, in the strategy uh, and, and are really able to pull off their way of playing more, uh, it's going to be very fun. I'm, I'm very curious to see whether Misfits bounces back the way that they certainly believe that they're going to do and whether Splice is going to be able to show that their improvements are not just a result of playing against some weaker competition towards the end of the season.
0: Well, you know, Chase, you say that the runner usually gets the tie in baseball, so how, how confident. Let's see, do you feel like you're safe or do you feel like you're out? What, what do you think the line is on this game?
1: Uh, I have no idea what the line should be on this game. I, I took a lot of stabs at it and didn't feel great about any of them. I went with Misfits minus 140. I think they have to be the favorites. I, I think that it's going to be close. But I think that you have to give them the advantage because they have the better record, uh, and they, they, are, uh, they did hold the head-to-head.
0: So when I was looking at this, I said I think the series in a, in a regular series matchup would be even. It'd be dead even today if it was a regular series matchup. But it's not, but it's the playoffs, and Misfits had side selection for three out of the five games. So I gave Misfits a slight advantage, You said Misfits minus 140. Mm -hmm. I said Misfits minus 133. Mm -hmm. And after the umpire goes to review it by the slightest of margins, Misfits minus 117. Ah,
1: there it is.
0: So I take the point. This puts Splice at minus 111. So neither team is positive odds.
1: Yeah, that's that's basically saying that's as close to even as you're going to get without it actually being yeah. even. That is the mildest of notches, um, and
0: and when you look at the handicaps, when you look at the the, the five map odds, Unicord is really trying to push everyone that this is going to be five maps. <coughs> um... Five maps, for over five maps, it's sitting at plus 165 right now, oh. which is it's reasonable. That's reasonable. But when you look at the handicaps, that's really where it tells you the story. Um, you put splice at plus one and a half, which means they lose 3-1 or better.
1: They, they lose 3-2 or
0: win. 3-2 or win. Yes. Uh, it's at uh, minus 238. If okay. you look at any of the misfits minus odds, so minus one and a half maps means that they win three one or better mm-hmm. uh, is at plus one seventy five, and for them to get the 3-0 is at plus five hundred. So they're really trying to push this line that you know really trying to push everyone to this is you know five maps super super close series taking away any possible value that you can have on betting on the underdogs here. That being said, five maps at plus 165 is some pretty tasty odds, in my
1: opinion. There's definitely value there. I also think there's value in Splice minus 111. I understand it's not as much underdog value as I would have liked, but I do think that right now, Splice look like the better team. And while I think that Misfits could be the better team, it, it says a lot to me that, r- regardless of whether you believe that there was some ultimate strategy that's that's being held back... Just the, the teamwork and, and the you know synergy that we're used to expecting from Misfits, it was just very sloppy. There were mistakes. There were unforced errors. And you can say, like, oh, well, the enemy team knew what was coming. Well, you can still execute it right on your end. You don't have to give them obvious ways to counter it. Um, and, and that's something where I think that's going to come back to haunt them. I think they might have gotten into some bad habits. But I want to think about that a little bit more. Let's move on to the next series.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. H uh, two K versus Fnatic. I know Fnatic kind of dashed your dreams there, Chase, but you seem you seem eerily okay with it. Yeah, which I don't
1: like. They didn't at dash all. my dreams. Rocket dashed my dreams when they were zero and seven. That that's when my dreams were dashed. My dreams were restored by the fact that they won six games in a row. That's that's the thing that I I think that. Honestly, I, I don't think I'd feel this way if it wasn't for the number of people who gave, uh, you know, who almost made it seem like Fnatic, you know, they were angry at Fnatic that Fnatic won and got to the playoffs because they, Rocket deserved it. No, Fnatic deserved it too. They won every series that they needed to win. They, You know, Rocket forced them to win a couple of those series. They had to beat Giants. They had to beat Misfits. And Fnatic did both of those things. That That's the same it's, it's the exact same thing. They both needed to win both games, and Fnatic had prepared themselves better early on. Uh, I, I I feel like I have to be defensive of Fnatic, which is just a weird place to be as a Rocket fan. So thanks, Internet, for being so overblown about this that I felt like I had to be the middle ground well, as a Rockat Yeah, you know fan. what? You're, you're the one who said you had nice things to say about
0: Fnatic, so... Yeah. Go ahead, Sam. What what are your what do you see out of Fnatic this week that has you saying like, oh yeah, they did, they did deserve to be in the playoffs, well, other than they won more games.
1: I mean, they first of all, uh, they won more games, which is not something that we should just forget about, right? This is this is a this situation in which. Chase, may I just remind you that
0: Giants were the third seed in Europe last summer. I
1: just want to remind
0: you okay. that Giants gaming were the three seed in Europe last summer. So winning the most games <laughs> doesn't always tell the full story.
1: Okay. and, and if, In you. all seriousness, the first thing I like about them, uh, the drafts have gotten significantly better. Which is funny because they don't really have a coach anymore. They still have Quay, who's the, the manager who's been stepping up in this regard. But... What it's done is it's kind of forced the players to be the ones that are making a lot of those picks, right? They're the ones who have to say, like, well, this is what we're confident on. This is what we believe we're, we can do. This is what we believe we're good at. Let us do the things that we're good at. Like, for example, Caps is getting counter picks. Weird, huh? It's almost like he looks better in the mid lane when you don't f- force him to pick his mid laner before the enemy team for no reason. And given that he's your star guy, doing that seems to be setting him up for success. Who could have seen that coming other than everybody? Uh, That's what's really nice. Reckless is being free to play this Kennen pick, and it's funny because, you know, for whatever reason, teams aren't banning it, but do you really want to spend a ban on Kennen? Like, that's just Reckless making use of this pocket pick that he's still really, really good with and forces the enemies to, you know, respond accordingly. I I do think that if you're H2K, you're going to have to ban it. I think it's absolutely ban-worthy just because forcing that standard land is going to be helpful for Nuclear and Che. But that's a really nice step to be in. And, you know, Soaz got to play Fiora, and he didn't necessarily win on that, but he can't. he's being allowed to play split pushers. That's a positive as well. I, I think that all in all, letting the players pick what they're comfortable with has made them look significantly better and more comfortable with these compositions uh, the other thing i like is just the the willingness to make more plays in the early game one of the things that i've been criticizing them almost all season was just how passive especially broxa was once they brought him on they, they didn't seem to have a clear idea of where to put him in the early game what lanes he should be trying to snowball what advantages they were ultimately playing for you look at Game 2 when they beat up on Misfits. That was 25 minutes. That's a stomp. That isn't just, like, oh, yeah, they won more games. They crushed that game. And they crushed that game because Broxa managed to counter jungle Cacao. Who thought I was going to be saying that sentence in a serious light? Like, that's huge for them. And I, they, you know, he did enough to get Caps snowballing ahead on that LeBlanc, which is just massive. And you know what? As Lisa did the same thing in Game 3. It was a 30-minute game. That's also... Not particularly close. And that's the thing, this this energy and this early game aggressiveness is not something that we saw from Fnatic at any other point this season before this coaching change happened. So, you know, I, I still don't I don't take back anything I said, you know, a, a week ago or two weeks ago when I I brought up how disappointed I was in Fnatic and their management and how they handled all these situations. Uh, I, I still think that's a problem. I still think that's a sizable concern that they have these uh, organizational issues to work through. But man, this team looks so much better when they're able to play the champions that they actually know how to play. And when they're playing to their strengths as individuals and as a cohesive unit rather than playing to what the meta says their strengths should be. This is something that teams should be doing much more often, especially if you are the underdog. And Fnatic seems to be very aware that they are the underdog and are taking advantage of that accordingly. Uh, is that going to work against H2K? No, probably not. I, I think that when, we get, when I start talking about H2K, it's, it's going to be very clear that I think that they're just on another level. And that's unfortunate for Fnatic. But again, had you played better earlier in the season like Rocket, well, then maybe you could have taken advantage of the Misfit slide and you'd be the two-seed right now. So it does... You know, the early season problems do come back to haunt them, but I am pleasantly surprised by the growth that they made, and I hope that this is something that uh, management in particular really takes uh, into account when they're making their decision on whoever the coach is going to be next split, because you can and should build off of this.
0: The, the Kevin eighty carry pick really only works because it is a flex pick, because you can pick it early, and you can always at any moment just say, yeah, it's going to go top you can do that, and Soaz is a very good Kennen player, especially with this sort of AD split-pushing type Kennen build where you can just bully someone out of lane. Uh, the other thing was that Soaz knows how to play against, you know, split-push, aggressive-type, try-to-control-the-lane-type champions. It's why I think Fnatic uh, did so well in, like, the G2 series, was that they do. They have Soaz, and they have this staple. If you look at Game 3 against Misfits, what won them Game 3 against Misfits was just the outstanding macro play and the, the wave manipulation they have and the fact that they can put Soaz in that side lane and he knows exactly what moment to start to start that split push. He knows exactly what moment to back off of it. He pulls people around the map so efficiently. And this is something we used to say about Darshan a lot. You could put him on a split push champion. You could put him on ass you could put him on Fiora. you can put him on Camille, Jax, whatever, and just say, Darshan, go split push. And that was always a CLG or a Dignitas or a GGU or Dynamic or Ghost or whoever's That was always a win condition they could do. And you have a similar type thing with Fnatic, but it could be literally any champion in the game. I'd even say Soraka sarcastically here, but there was a time back back in the days of yore, my young friends, when Soraka's ability Star Call actually hit, like, up to five units, and it did very little damage, but it had magic and armor-resistant shred, and her silence field was instead a free-cost spell that she could cast on the enemy, and it was really low damage, but it was, like, a constant 40 damage on, like, a four-second cooldown that silenced them. And he would split-push with Soraka. So when I say that Soaz can split-push on any champion, he can actually split-push on any Champion in the game, yep. and that just that flexibility, that veteran presence, that there's always the fanatic death bush. You know, there's going to be a moment in one of these series where Soaz is going to be like, "Hey, everybody, let's hide in the, this bush." That is a hallmark of Xpeke and and Soaz. You see that in Orion sometimes, where they're really down, they're really far behind, and just pick where to bush and just stand there and just wait a minute and see if anybody walks by. Okay, fine. If not, we go back to our normal game plan. Like. He brings that type of nuance in terms of shot-calling, in terms of uh, just experience that I feel like very few other teams have. That being said, you brought up Brox's sort of misplaced, misadventures, sort of meandering early game, and now he's up against the First Blood King, although I don't think you can effectively call him the First Blood King, but one of the best early game junglers in probably all of the West in Yonkos. Yes. So a chase. H2K, I view them as pretty dominant favorites in this series. Yes. Why and- are they such overwhelming favorites in your eyes?
1: Well, first of all, they have the best early game in the league. Uh, their early game rating right now, is uh, 64.0, which means that their early game is good enough to just put them in a position where they should win 64% of the time, no matter what they do from that point. It's kind of absurd. Um, it's they, they do such a good job of of taking towers and of snowballing these lanes and, and just turning those into such quick objectives. Uh, their dragon control percentage, 77%. Next closest is G2 at 62%. Baron percentage, uh, they're at 69%. That's third in the league. They're Uh, Their lane efficiency is is decent. Uh, Their jungle control is 52.4%. Only G2 is better. They do everything that they need to get those objectives in the place that they need to be. And so by the time that these mid-game teamfights roll around, well, Yankos has gotten a couple kills, so he has the damage items that he wants, and he does more damage than any other jungler in the league, and it's not particularly close. And he gets more kills than uh, any other jungler in the league, and the only people that come close are mid-laners, so that's kind of bonkers, and you use all of that to get your solo lanes going, which, you know... If you like caps, there's this awesome guy called Fabivan. I sh- I would love to introduce you to. Uh, because he's been playing out of his mind this whole season. Uh, his stat line is something that I genuinely... I, I didn't realize just how good it was until I looked it up for myself as I was doing my all pro where it's 4.7 KDA 131 gold difference at 10 minutes on average, uh, 528 damage per minute, 294.9 earned gold per minute. That is first or second among all mid laners across the board in those regards. Uh, he's been out of his mind. And if he's out of his mind, And, oh, by the way, Odo Wamne has been playing out of his mind, and he's got to be cursing Vizicachi right now, because otherwise he might finally get that first-team all-pro top lane award that's just right out of his grasp, because that guy has done a crazy amount of playmaking potential for the team, and he's done so on less gold than all but two top laners in the rest of the league. His gold share rate is absurdly low, compared to what it is uh, that he's doing on a play-by-play basis. Uh, only Expect and SOAS get a smaller percentage of their team's gold, which, for the record, shout-out to Expect and SOAS for looking as good as they do on those low-recon uh, places as well. It's always worth giving a shout-out to players who are able to make big plays and show that you don't need to be funneled all this gold in order to be a key contributor to your team in that regard. So it's, kind of, it's one of those situations where... Everything Fnatic does, H2K does better. They do it more cohesively. They've been doing it for longer. And oh, by the way, they also add in this wrinkle where they're the best early game team in the league. I I don't know what the answer is to that. I, I don't think most teams have an answer to that. When when Nuclear, who has, a, you know, has just been one of the best AD carries in the league this year, is like the fourth most dangerous guy on the team, you're in a lot of trouble. And I think most teams are going to be And a lot of trouble. I I think that this is a team that could very much make a run. And for the record, this is why I love just the kind of bitch slap that they gave to Splice... They want it. Like, this is not a team. Like, you you can make all the cases you want, like, oh, yeah, MSI, you know, maybe the scrim partners aren't necessarily as valuable as we'd like to think they are, and, you know, I don't know, maybe you can benefit from the other practice time. H2K wants this.
0: Vacation,
1: you know? H2K doesn't care about vacation. They want to smash some fools. They saw Splice pick Shaco and said, cool, we're going to go full meta and dominate. Teemo. Have fun. It's Teemo.
0: It was not not Shaco, it was Teemo.
1: They they did both over the course of the series, I remember correctly. They did. No, oh, I, I apologize. I not.
0: It was just Shaco. It was just Teemo, not Shaco.
1: Well, either way, Splice were clearly putting out some troll picks there, and they uh, they just completely shut that down. I have a huge amount of respect for that. I, I think that it would have been very easy for them to kind of goof around in that series, and instead, they just performed at their best. They they hard-carried uh, in all of the ways that you would expect them to do so. Um I remember. There was a, it was the Lux and Warwick game. It's kind of hard uh, all to organize all these clown fiestas together uh, and keep them straight in my head because none of it makes any sense or prepares teams to be in the position that they need to be in in order to win. Um, oh, and by the way, uh, not that it necessarily matters, but it is worth saying that H2K 2-0'd Fnatic the last time these two teams met up, and they did so in 27 and 28 minutes, respectively, uh, I think "ouch" is the correct response to that one. It's, it's gotta be. So, <laughs> it's gonna so, be tough.
0: So, like I said, Chase, overwhelming favorites in this series. Yes. Uh, how overwhelming do you have? Them?
1: Uh, I had the line at minus two fifty, just because last week we learned that the casinos—they seem to be. Uh, erring on the side of caution and restraint on some of these lines. So even though I believe the line should be higher, this is me trying to hedge on where I think the casinos are going to go.
0: You overthought, buddy. You overthought yourself. You Ah. played yourself. And uh, I'm going to take the two points this week, which gives me a point and ties me in our overall uh, season Uh uh, contest here. Uh I said H2K minus 275. It's H2K minus 270.
1: fanatic oh. are at plus 195. Oh, you made we are were, sound... we're both close. We're I was going to say, close. you made that sound way worse for me than I thought it was. I didn't yeah, overthink lost, it that way. So yeah, well, lost. that's because you nailed it. You much nail like it. Rockette, you won, but you lost.
0: So, yeah, you, you know. If you want to take, you know, the, the emotional victory, fine. You're close.
1: <laughs> you know, not like, close enough. That, that might have been the, the only comment you made that really stung on the Rocket oh. point. That, that, well then. Uh, what, what's the, uh, Fanatic underdog odds that just took? Plus 195 for Fanatic. Okay. I'm
0: not interested in that. And when you look at the odds, you look at the odds on your handicaps, your five maps, uh, five maps are at plus 190. I don't think this series really goes to five maps. I don't either. Um, you look at H2K for the 3-0, it's actually only plus 270, so not it's good. It's like good odds, but it's a three o. Three o's are very uncommon in playoffs. Uh, in best of five series, there's always at least one game where someone on the on the underdog team or the team that's losing kind of pops off, and in this, you have soas soas can split push and set something up and make some crazy play, or you know maybe Caps has a really good game against the Bivin. Hey,
1: who uh, Walter, uh, who do you think got the one three o in last uh, in last summer's playoffs?
0: It was like H2K over Giants. Wasn't
1: it was H2K it? over Fnatic. <laughs> it was literally H2K I mean, Fnatic in the first round was a 3-0 for H2K. I just I'm not, that doesn't mean anything. Fnatic's roster is almost entirely different from that team. I just H2K thought that K's was very was funny. Almost
0: entirely different. So yeah,
1: no, it's just a funny. It's just a funny fun fact. That is a funny <laughs> fact. Uh, that brings me though to H2K
0: at minus one and a half, yes. and Fnatic at plus one and a half. Uh, so those are both at minus 1.14. Oh, oh, that I seems like a pretty clear... Think, yeah, I think that's the only value here. I, I think 5Maps is really, really unlikely. Probably just has his... just always has his teams really well prepared. Yeah. And and when I look at this and I go, like, okay, G2 banned fiddlesticks and it, you know, proven that Jez is going to like play fiddlesticks, I don't think there's anything that quay or fanatic are going to do that probably isn't going to be prepared for that his you know scouting staff isn't going to be prepared for right. anything that's really going to catch him off guard so i think well yeah an h2k 3-0 is, is possible i think i would just go safe here and just say they're going to win like if i don't if i think this is going to be a five game series i'm going to take the five game bet i think it's a four game series so i'm going to take h2k at minus one at, at the H2K minus one and a half maps. Minus
1: uh, and minus 114 sounds great. Minus yeah, minus 114. That's I, what I'm looking for. I, I think that's a very safe bet, uh, and we could use some of those because we haven't been winning a lot of, uh, uh, you know, more. we've been losing more bets than we've been winning. I will take a safe bet there. Uh, yeah. What's the one we want to go Misfit Splice? Do we want to take the five, five maps? maps.
0: Okay. Five maps, yep. Five maps at plus 165. So, uh, just to recap, last week uh, we went three for three. Splice didn't win any of their games, and uh, they got two owed by H2K, so we lost that three map bet. But we got the other three map bets, uh, which were in the Unicorns of Love versus Splice series, the Rocket vs. G2 series, and the Fnatic versus Misfit series. We made fifty bucks, which brings us to a season total in Europe at minus one hundred and sixty. And it gets harder to make money in the playoffs because the the underdogs are are that much more unlikely to win. Um so yeah we're gonna take this this week we're gonna take uh five maps in Misfits versus Splice that's at plus one sixty five and an H2K versus Fnatic we're gonna take the H2K minus one and a half games at minus one fourteen. Chase we got a I, I think this is gonna be a pretty good week of League of Legends. We got some yeah. interesting matchups I think across the board uh, a lot of League of Legends, when you add in the European Challenger series, obviously the two quarterfinals series in both Europe and North America. Uh, out of the four European games, though, which one are you most excited to watch? Uh,
1: I, I think for me, I am very interested in seeing Misfits versus Splice. I think that either that's going to be a very close series and we're going to have a, a very fun back and forth and it goes to five maps and we're like, oh my God, this is crazy, I can't believe it. Or one of these teams is just going to blow out the other one. And that's going to be fascinating as well. I think that while it's not necessarily as much fun for fans when those blowouts happen, I think it's nice to see teams really assert themselves and whichever one of them wants to say like, no, we understand where this meta is. We understand how to beat you. We've done our scout. We've done our homework. We get what you're trying to do and you're not fooling us today, look, I would love nothing more than to say, you know what? I was wrong. Misfits did pull off a whole bunch of things that I didn't see coming. I would love nothing more than to say, Splice took advantage of a Misfits that didn't have anything in their pocket and really punished them for it. And I'd like to be able to say, hey, this was really close because both of them performed up to the expectations that we wanted in our best case scenario. Any one of those options to me is a positive one. uh, And that's something where I'm going to be Just very interested to see which one of them I'm coming back and and telling you guys is the case later. And that way, we'll just re-upload this episode and edit out the other two so I look like a genius later. It'll be great.
0: Uh, I'm actually going to say H2K versus Fnatic because I don't think Misfits or Splice are contenders for a championship. Sorry, guys. Uh, I do think H2K could be a contender, and how they sort of deal with Fnatic in this series will tell me a lot about... Do I think they can beat G2? Because at the end of the day, that's really what this is about. Can a team beat G2 or not? And the fact that they kind of just shook Splice off and kind of flicked them away like a nap, you know, when Splice was willing to experiment, uh, showed me a lot about their mindset. And let's not forget, this organization, which maintains the coach, the top laner, and the jungler, was a semi-final team at Worlds last year. Yes. So they lost some players, they lost you know, Forgiven, and they lost their, uh, an analyst and veteran who I think did a lot for the team, but they still have their head coach, and they still have two of the really key players for that semifinals run. So this should definitely be interesting, and I hope that you found this podcast interesting. We kind of bounced around the sphere of European League of Legends. Uh, if you enjoyed it, go ahead
1: and follow us on Twitter. You can find me at CADs underscore LOL, Chase. Where can they find you? You can find me, as always, at Redshirt King. You're definitely going to want to check out, I've got a ton of articles coming out this week, because it's not enough that we're going to be doing four podcasts for you guys over the course of this next week. I also had to do, uh, I did my article uh, for Unicorn. You should see two of those coming out this week, where I go into a lot more uh, detail uh, on some of my all-pro picks, and really just hashing out all of the different aspects I took into account when I made my decisions. So if you liked those podcasts, then you're going to really enjoy that. Obviously our EU version is going to be aired later, but both of you can you can read those things and really get a, a sense of where my headspace is. Uh, and of course, uh, I do my power rankings over at uh, LCS predict, so be sure to check out over there. Uh, I'll ping we'll put it in the comment section here when they come out, but we'll definitely I'll be pinging that all over social media and and that'll be my Detailed stat-based breakdown of how I think these series will play out when you look at it from the numbers and what they're telling us. So, a lot of fun content for you guys. Hopefully, you're going to enjoy reading it as much as I enjoyed making it. So, thanks, guys, for listening.
0: Absolutely. And you can follow the podcast at Rough Drafts Pod. As Chase said, we got a bunch more content coming out for you this week including north american playoff lines and games we're gonna break it all down for you so come back tomorrow for that i think you're really gonna dig it and until then goodbye internet Hey there, c here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash pod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at Rough Drafts Pod, Facebook.com backslash Rough Drafts Pod, SoundCloud.com backslash Esports Rough Drafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.